Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Companies podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each week, our expert arborists share advice on seasonal tree care, how to make your trees thrive, arborists' favorite trees, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more, because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. I'm joined this week by Matt Betts. He's an assistant district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today we're talking about protecting newly planted trees from the winter. But Matt, when I think about winter and I think about North Carolina, I think you guys have the most perfect climate ever. Tell me about your winter. What's it like? It's pretty good. It's typically mild. I mean, each year seems to be a little different. I mean, this morning, you know, I'm sitting in my truck right now and it's 28 degrees. So that's very cold for down here. Um, I think it's going to be nearly 70 on Tuesday and hat, you know, we're supposed to receive a couple inches of rain on Tuesday. So it fluctuates, but we don't have, I'd say we have temperature extremes, but on the low end of things, it doesn't stay cold for a long time. So it's a, it's a lot different than you'll experience in the Northeast and Midwest and other parts of the country as well. So it's, it's certainly mild down here. For a cooler climate, what things do you think about when, when you do have young trees out there? What's the first thing that comes to mind? You know, a lot of it, a lot of it's the freezing and the, the you know the ground changes and kind of the the biology that occurs in the ground when things are freezing and thawing and what that can do to a frail root system. And then, you know, I think that's where most people's minds will go to. But then you also have to. Uh, think of the sun and what that can do to a, you know, a very tender young tree and how that can affect the roots. It affects the new growth that, you know, these trees can, just like you and I, you can go out on a very cold day. And if the sun is beating down on you, you can get warm. And that same thing can happen to a tree where it can warm up and then, you know, a cloud can roll through or dust can settle in and those temperatures drop significantly and get below freezing and that can kill off all that new growth and you know in a matter of hours. So that's that's probably something most people don't think about. So for a young tree, what about wrapping? Is that something that we're still doing these days? It is. I mean we don't do it much down here. It just isn't a need because we don't have the prolonged cold and we certainly don't have you know, days, days on end that are below freezing. So um, it's not as much of a concern down here. We'll, we'll wrap trees in the spring when they're starting to bloom, because then we'll get those cold snaps, just like you all do up there. Um, But especially in the, you know, areas where they see consistent temperatures below freezing, you can wrap the trees in a couple of different ways. Um, A lot of people will use just basic burlap, to where you can wrap the trunks and, and even the canopy and the, the main, the whole tree, if you have a small enough specimen, but you can also, uh, wrap the trunk. Um, a lot of people will use like corrugated pipe. You can put that around there and I won't say it acts as an insulator cause I don't think that's the intent of it, but it, it really relieves the sun scald of having the direct sunlight beat down on that tree and warm it up enough to where it starts producing new growth and then it's killed off, um, which can lead to further issues down the road, you know, many years down the road. So it is a a pretty common practice. And 
We'll even see nurseries here um, down south that will wrap trees in almost like a felt material and tape them up um, to try to prevent any of that from happening over the winter. And then, of course, that comes off in the spring when our temperatures normalize. Yep. Yeah. Once we once you kind of see a consistent, you know, temperature rise to where it's not dropping below freezing, then all that can come off. And and I mean, I would say you don't it's like a it's like a Band-Aid. You don't want to put something on a tree and just leave it there indefinitely. You know, it's 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 about being proactive and monitoring the forecast. And if you see, okay, we're going to have a really cold spell, we better protect this tree. Um, go ahead and do that. But then once it's over, you want it to breathe, essentially. You want to open it back up to where it can be uh, exposed to some of those elements because that can have a positive effect, too, because it helps the tree somewhat build resilience. You know, it, 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 if you shelter it its whole life and then it's rapidly exposed to something it's not been exposed to before, that can have an even more uh, of an impact. So, you know, just like... Um, you know, a good example I tell folks is when they stake their trees, like a new newly planted tree, tie it up, stake it up, and they'll leave those stakes and ties on for a year or two, and then they'll take them off, and the tree's grown, you know, twice its height in that amount of time. They take it off, and the first storm that comes through blows the tree over because it hasn't developed its muscles, essentially. It hasn't you know, develop those roots to be able to provide stability. So same thing with the with the cold and the freeze as well. With that staking, I'm wondering, do you do that all the time when you plant a new tree? And, and how long do you keep that on there so that doesn't happen? We, we do it quite a bit. I mean, traditionally we're planting, you know, bald and burlapped or like 30 to 50 gallon trees that are, you know, two to three inch caliper diameter, 10 feet tall or so. And we'll properly plant them. So in reality, they probably don't need stakes because if you properly plant and backfill and compact around that root ball enough to where it is in the ground the right way, you shouldn't need to do that. But then from a you know consumer's point of view, they, they almost want to see the stakes and the ties. That way it provides them a little bit of security and insurance. Um, so we'll do it just because it makes sense to do it right then. But then we'll also go out there and remove those. If we plant like in the late fall, early winter, we'll want to remove them probably midsummer um, after some of the major storms come through that we'll see in the spring and everything. Just again, a little bit of security. But at that point, uh, especially in our climate, the tree has been growing for, you know, six to seven months. It's developed enough structural roots to where it can kind of support itself and it shouldn't be as much of an issue at that point. Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of harm if you leave them on longer than that, as long as they weren't constricting the tree or some of the limbs when it was installed. Um, but we do see that a lot too, especially with evergreens where a landscaper planted them and we'll see these trees 10 years later and they're like, why is my tree dying? And you'll, start to look into it and they've got straps on the base, straps on the limbs and the trees grown around it. And that can, you know, play a part in why a, a specific lead is dying or possibly the entire tree. Okay. Back to our young trees in winter. Let's say up North here that our ground hasn't frozen yet. 
what is the importance of watering for a young tree? Kind of insulation with not, not in the sense of keeping it warm, but providing some of those new roots, uh, the proper water they need to maintain their, their health. Because, you know, a lot of these trees that we put in, it's, you know, you've got it in a container or uh, burlap and you dig a hole, you put it in the ground. Well, the, the, the tree was either raised in that container or in a nursery where it was cared for or it's been on a yard at a nursery for, you know, six months being watered routinely. And it's gotten used to that. So we need to keep that up and then, you know, pair the watering with mulch at the time of install is going to provide that insulation and try to protect those new, very tender, delicate roots at that point. Well, let's go with mulch then next and talk a little bit about that. You know, we talk about mulch incessantly on this podcast, as you can imagine. Right, right. Um, You know, one thing, you know, we've been low on snow cover up here, and that snow cover is a great insulator, but the mulch mulch will will work that way too, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you have a – you know, on both ends, you've got the freezing end of things where the mulch can act as an insulator. It can hold moisture. It can, you know, hold in some of that heat essentially and, and keep those roots in a better state. But then on the flip side of that, especially in warmer climates, it can do the exact same thing with the moisture. You know, you don't have to water as frequently if you've mulched correctly. Um, and that can lessen the frequency of needing to water. But then also, if, if something gets overlooked, it can kind of help that along. Um, and it can, you know, flip side of that coin is it can be detrimental, too, if you don't apply mulch the right way, which I know you all have talked about in the past with uh, we, we see a lot of volcano mulching down here. where just people, you know, yard after yard each year. And it's, you know, three to four feet off the ground. And it's, that tree's toast. So you have to be, you know, mindful of what you're doing, apply it the right way at the right time. Um, and that can, yeah, that can certainly protect a newly planted tree and give it its best chance of survival. Well, I ask this question all the time. When you got other people in the car and you're driving around and you see the, that volcano mulch, are you quiet and just shaking your head or are you, are you saying, I can't believe this? Like you said, oh, yeah. that, that, that's, it's, it's, it's pointed out often. I mean, my, my wife, you know, works on occasion in the office with us. So she's well aware of, you know, kind of my quirks when it comes to that stuff. And I, I grew up in a Davy tree family, so I've been hearing it for, you know, 36 years now. So it's, uh, it's a very, especially down here, it's a very common occurrence to see, you'll, you'll see a four inch diameter maple that's 20 feet tall and it's got three to four feet of mulch up its trunk, um, which at that point, there's little to do if it's been that way for five, six years. You know, there is no, you, you can't, you can't hardly go in there with an air spade or anything and break up that compaction. So it's, it is certainly something we see often and point out regularly. Boy, we have a bat up here too, and it's just it's just so sad to to yeah. see. Talk about being from a Davy family and how you got into this. That's interesting. Oh yeah, so I, I've been I started working for Davy Tree in 2007, essentially right out of high school. I graduated in 2006, 
um, and worked with Davey through college. My dad's been with Davey uh, since the late 80s, early 90s. So he's actually, he'll be retiring very shortly this year. Um, So he'll have, you know, 38, 39 years with the company at that point. So uh, he started at the ground level, like, like many of us do and just worked his way up. And we actually, you know, we're partners in the Charlotte residential office right now. And he's been very successful in his role and a, and a valuable asset to Davy tree for sure. Um, so it was, it was good, you know, growing up being able to see, you know, he was in the field when I was young, you know, a, as an arborist, as a plant healthcare technician, and then, you know, I got to see that phase all the way through sales and then and, and then into management and how he's kind of built uh, the business that we that we run today. And that's, you know, put me in a position to be able to kind of do the same thing and follow in those footsteps where it was starting at the ground level, you know, you know, literally a ground man and then, you know, uh, climbing trees and plant healthcare and lawn care and sales and management. And, you know, it's, it's, you just, Davey's a great company and provides all those opportunities to where if you're willing to put in the time, you'll be rewarded. And, you know, my goal is to continue to move up through the company and, and kind of do whatever is asked of me, um, you know, to no end at that really. So it's been, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. It's a, it's a very rewarding and fulfilling um, company to work for. And then just what we're doing, you know, trying to, like what you and I are talking about, educating the, the general public and trying to help, the, you know, folks understand the importance of having these trees and not only having them, but caring for them the right way uh, from the point of installation up through 100, 200 years. And and how taking care of these trees from day one can allow those trees to have, you know, a hundred year plus life without issue. Was it hard to work with your dad, especially when you were so when you were young, or did you guys figure it out from the beginning? Uh, we've we've had we've had our ups and downs, but I mean, for the most part, it's it's been good. You know, I've I've always been willing. It, my mindset is has always been this is his house. This is his operation. So until it's mine, we're going to do it the way he wants it done. And, and it's been, uh, it's going to help me in the long run because it, you know, he knows that I know what not to do at this point. And, you know, we've had long conversations about how he would have improved things and how he would have done things differently. So that should help me in my career be able to excel and then, you know, I also know what to do to make us, you know, the the office that we are in this company and, you know, our focus on safety and profitability and keeping our guys, you know, allowing them to go home every night, you know, without issue. And it's uh, been very rewarding. So we've we've had a good relationship with with working each with each other because it's uh, I mean, we've. At this point, it's a family affair. I mean, my brother works for us. He's a foreman. Uh, he's been here about five years now. Um, my wife works in the office on occasion when we need, you know, an extra hand. My mom's worked here 
many years ago, you know, helping out. I believe my grandma worked here at one point helping out. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's for as big of a company as we are, it's still very family oriented. And I think that's, I think that's the case in a lot of offices across the company. You're kind of like Davy's version of the Royal family. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I don't know that some of the folks at Davy would, would want to say that or admit it, but we try, we try to, uh, do it the right way. They have that show, the crown. It could work for trees too. Cause trees have a crown. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt about it. That'd be perfect. That's, that sounds like a good podcast. <laughs> uh, so, Hey, let's talk about some cool trees that you can grow down there. You know, we always, I repeat this time after time, right tree, right place, but tell me about some cool stuff you're planting down there. Uh, that might be maybe a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our, you know, we'll get those questions from clients often where they'll have us out and they're like, hey, we want to plant some trees. Well, what do you what do you think? What do you want to see? What? And it is tough. I, I'd say we are limited with what we plant down here just because of the drought stress that, that we see with these trees and plants every year. I mean, I think we're still in a moderate to severe drought as of today. Um, and we've had quite a bit of rain in December, but it shut off in probably May, June of last year. We didn't see rain for three months, not a drop. Um, and and if you plant the wrong tree at the wrong time, it's not going to make it. Even with proper watering, it may not make it. So we do quite a bit of planting for the size of operation that we are. Um but we we highly focus on doing it at the right time. That's the biggest thing. Uh, probably more so than picking the right species is planting at the right time. So we'll plant from end of November until end of February. And after that, we either turn the work down or we will, you know, set it up for the following fall, early winter, just because We've had 80 degree days in March and we've seen it get very dry in March and April. And if you can't count on a homeowner to water regularly, that tree's going to die and it's going to hurt our reputation when it does die, even if it's not directly our fault. So that's kind of focus one is planting at the right time. And then, I mean, we've got, you know, Charlotte is kind of uh their canopy is very important. We've got uh, organizations dedicated to planting trees. We've got uh, different laws and rules that we have to follow as far as removing them. I mean, we've, we consistently see, you can't see it, but I'm, you know, I just, I'm in my lot right now and we've got, you know, 50, 60 inch diameter willow oak logs piled up from city removals for these, you know, 120 year old trees that are just at their end of life. Um, so we have a lot of oak species. We plant quite a few oaks. Uh, we, we see a lot of crepe myrtles, which can be great trees if they're cared for correctly and pruned the right way, which that comes into educating the homeowners as well. Um, we plant a lot of Chinese elms down here, like Ale uh, or Princeton, Bosque, you know, Chinese elms, just because they seem to be very drought tolerant and resistant and they have, um, they don't really have many insect issues. So 
those are kind of go-to trees. I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm from Ohio, so I don't, I don't recall seeing many of those up that way. Uh, I know American elms, you know, are kind of native all over the East coast. So we see a lot of those. Um, we still have, we won't plant ash trees, but we still have quite a few ash trees that we take care of down here. Uh, we, we really push kind of the native theme, like let's plant something you're accustomed to seeing. Um, red buds, uh, you know, cherry trees. We'll do, um, I mentioned the crepe myrtles. We plant quite a few maples, even though they are really overplanted down here. You'll see red maples in all the new neighborhoods. And uh, same, you know, it used to be Bradford pears used to be the go-to tree down here. And now they're, they're essentially outlawed. You can't plant a Bradford pear. Um, so yeah, we, we, we definitely, a lot of magnolias, you know, they're native trees. What's, what's always been strange to me is North Carolina state tree is the dogwood. And I think every dogwood we've planted in the last 10 years has died. They just, they are very frail. It seems like I've even planted them at my own property and had them die even with proper care. We, uh, We've been shying away from those quite a bit just because it's like there's we haven't had a good success rate with them. And I don't know if it's due to kind of the change in the climate and it being hotter, longer and drier more often. And they just they don't care for that. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, with, with well, the gardening background. Yeah. When you bring up the dogwood, I mean, even up here, I hate to see them planted out in the open because yep. our native dogwood you know, it's shallow rooted and it, it just, and as our climate has changed, they really struggle unless they're planted as an understory plant. But there was one tree you mentioned in there that I want you to talk a little bit about the Chinese elm. I've only seen one up here. I mean, they'll grow up here, but man, that is a cool looking tree. Yeah. Certainly underused. Yeah. Very unique bark pattern, you know, with kind of how the bark almost, you know, it, peels off to almost like a crepe myrtle to an extent where that bark will kind of shed and, and peel. And, you know, it's, uh, they, the ones we've got some very big ones here. Um, but we've also got kind of city streets that are lined with them and they will be, you know, 30 to 40 feet tall, very little litter in my opinion. I mean, the, the leaves are small, so it's not a, you know, you don't have to worry. I don't even think I blow my leaves with the ones I've planted. You know, you can mow over them easily and mulch it up. They're just, uh, I think they can have some structural issues. I know I've had some clients where it almost seems like the tree has grown too fast and they split, especially when they're kind of out in the open. Um, but that, that can happen with nearly anything, you know, if it's, if it's not in the right spot. So they've been our go-to just because of the drought tolerance. And, you know, a lot of people, they'll remove their red maple that either has bleeding canker issues or gloomy scale is a big issue down here that we treat for, you know, all year long. Um, so when we remove a maple, if they're allowed to plant whatever tree and they're, you know, if they're in an HOA, if they, if they're not, uh, directed by the HOA to plant another maple, we'll steer them towards a Chinese elm just because it's like, Hey, we can plant this tree. that's going to be 10 to 12 feet tall when we install it. And within three to four years, it's going to provide you shade. I mean, it will be a nice tree. Um, and they just, 
they tend to hold up really well. Time will tell. You know, you, they are a fairly new species, so we'll see what happens in the long run, just like a Bradford pear. I'm sure that was talk of the town, you know, 30 years ago, and we see how that went. But it's uh, I've been very happy with them. I've planted them in a couple of my houses that I've had, and just because I want that kind of instant gratification. I want to enjoy it in 10 years, not 50 well, Matt, that was a lot of fun. And when you go back to the office, until your dad retires, you have to refer to him as your highness. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for spending some time with me and great information. Very good. No, it was fun. I'm glad we got to bounce around a bit and touch on a little bit of everything. That's that's what I enjoy about the, about the job. That's for sure. We will talk to you again, I'm sure. Thanks. All right, Doug. Thank you. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I am your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss one of these fun shows. Have an idea for an episode or maybe a comment? Send us an email at podcasts at davey.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at D-A-V-E-Y.com. And as always, you know it, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer. <laughs>